Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Well, it's Father's Day. Dads, holler at me now. How many fathers we have in the house? Well, I'm excited because I have an opportunity to be fathered two times now. I got a two and a half year old little girl. I got a coming up on 11 month son and I love him. And they keep me and my wife going, particularly my two and a half year old. Can I share this with you this morning? This happened last night. I can't help. It's Father's Day, so you're going to hear a couple of stories this morning. We got home last night uh, from uh, a party that we were at, and um, we were getting the kids ready for bed, and I, I brought my little girl over, and I said, I said, Saya, I said, come give Dad a kiss goodnight. And so she came over to me, and she did this like, like, like it wasn't even, even count. I don't even know what it was. It was like an air kiss. She didn't even get my cheek. And I looked at her, and I said, that was lacking a lot of quality. You want to try that again? And so she looks at me, and she sticks out her tongue, and she opens her mouth, and she goes, and she goes to Leanne. I said, no, that's too much of a kiss. Too much of a kiss. I want somewhere in between a side swipe and like a, and I just, that's what you get when you got a two and a half year old. But I love it. I love it. And, and it's just, it's so much fun being a dad. And, and, and dads, I'll tell you, today we honor you. We celebrate you. Today, we are just so excited about the call that God has upon your life. We're going to speak into this a little bit this morning, but I, I, I can't get into the message without taking a moment and, and again, honoring uh, first uh, my father-in-law who's watching. Uh, he texted me this morning. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Love you. You're an incredible granddad. Uh, and, and just who you are to, to our, our son and our daughter, we celebrate you. We thank you today, Terry, and uh, happy Father's Day. And then, of course, to my father. Come on. Dad, I love you so much. Who I am and, and, and how you've shaped me and who, who, who I am today, it's because of you and I thank you. I celebrate you today, Dad. I honor you today. And it's always a privilege to have these moments on Father's Day because I know it's because of the years of you tolerating me. <laughs> but still pushing me. And we've made it. <laughs> another year. <laughs> but I honor you today, Dad. Thank you so much. Not just as my natural father, but also as my spiritual father, my mentor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Dads, I want to share a message for you this morning. But I want to serve notice already that this isn't just a message geared for dads. This is a message that I believe is for everyone that is in this place today. As I was preparing for this day, the Lord brought me to this passage, and it's a familiar passage, and I want to get into it today, but I really believe right now that we are in a time and a season that a generation that's being raised up does not know what it is to walk with a generational blessing upon their life. Let me tell you, blessing, 
needs to be understood for this next generation if they're going to continue moving forward. The Bible specifically talks about in Genesis the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a generational blessing that was perpetuated. And let me tell you, when we're talking about blessing, we're not talking about uh, a, a, a condition because blessing is not conditional. Blessing is a position. It is a stance. It is a posture. It is a recognition of what God has placed upon your life in order for you to walk in success and victory in every area of your life. And so when, when you hear about the word blessing, it's not how you're doing, oh, I'm blessed. And I've said this before, but, but I can't help but to bring uh, a focus to this, that, that, that blessing is not just a salute. It's not just a, hey, this is how I'm doing today. You can't say that I'm blessed, but you can't pay your bills. You can't say that I'm blessed, but my children aren't serving the Lord. You can't say that I'm blessed and there's areas of my life that are completely broken. No, blessing is a position. It doesn't mean that you're perfect and it doesn't mean that you have it all together. But blessing is a recognition that God has released a favor upon my life to be fruitful, to multiply, to walk in dominionship. That every area of my life, my family, my household, as it was said earlier, we will serve the Lord. And so I believe that in this hour, we need to see a generation begin to learn and grow and recognize that there is a blessing from our Heavenly Father that is upon our life to be able to be fruitful in this earth. What does the Bible say? By our fruit we will be known. I find it fascinating that the Bible, first and foremost, before it causes us to recognize God as powerful and God as almighty and God as all these things, it first and foremost causes us to see God as our Father. When Jesus instructed the disciples how to pray, what did he say? He said, address them as our Father. He didn't say come to him as God Almighty, the creator of the universe. He said come to him as a Father. And I think it's important to understand that our Father has great, incredible things for your life. Because God wants you to walk in abundance. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to, to, to see the blessing that he has upon your life. God wants you to have a good life. God wants you to have a prosperous life. He wants your children to have a prosperous life. What does the Bible say in the book of Proverbs? That a man leaves an inheritance for his children's children? A good inheritance. God, God wants from generation to generation that not just us but our children's children to know the goodness of God. To know that, 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 that when we are serving the Lord faithfully, that there is a blessing that can be transferred from generation to generation. And so as I was praying about this and getting my, 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 myself kind of focused on today, the Lord brought me to the book of Luke chapter 15. I'm going to ask you to turn with me there this morning. Book of Luke chapter 15, we're going to read a few scriptures starting in, in, in verse 11. And, and, and this morning we're going to talk about the parable of the lost son. And if you're taking notes today, I titled today's message, Blessed. 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 I threw the hashtag in there just so that we can get this sermon trending today. Because on Father's Day, it's important to know that God wants you to be blessed and he wants your children to be blessed. And so as we turn our attention to the book of Luke this morning, chapter 15, I just want to run through this very familiar parable about the lost son. We're going to pick it up in verse 11. And the Bible says this, Jesus speaking, of course. He says, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. 
And so he divided to them his livelihood. It's important to notice that when the younger son came to the father and he asked for his inheritance, the father divided amongst both him and his older brother. His older brother, by the way, had a greater portion because he was the firstborn son than the younger. We'll talk about that in a few moments a little bit more. But both of them equally received their inheritance from the father. And in verse 13 it says, And not many days after the young son or the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country and sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise, go to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I'm going to say that again. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, and while he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Thank God we have a heavenly father that sees us and has compassion. He sees you as you are, enough not to leave you the way that you are, but he's a loving God. He's a compassionate God. He is a God that cares. He is a God that restores. He's a God that heals today out of his compassion. By the way, every time Jesus moved in miracle power in his ministry, it always starts off by saying, and he had compassion towards them. God has compassion towards you today. And he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him and he said, son, and he said, he said, son said to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And last couple verses this morning, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, bring out the ring, put it on his hand, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry, for this son was dead and is alive. He was lost, but now is found. And they began to be merry. Father, once again, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to receive your word. As this word goes forth, let it be planted into the good soil of our heart today. Father, I thank you for bringing strength into this house through this word. Let us lean in with our ears open, with hearts that are receptive. And Father, we thank you for what you want to accomplish through this text today. And we give you the praise in that. Amen. As I was thinking about this story, it's important that we look at a couple of things here. First and foremost is that when we're talking about the, the story of the lost son, the Bible says it's the story of the lost son. Somebody say lost. But, but according to tradition, how we communicate this is that we call it the prodigal son. No, prodigal was the action, but it was not his identity. Tradition has us labeling a son before we give him an opportunity to become unlost so that he could be found track with me on this this morning. And so what we do is we say that his life, by the way, the word prodigal means ruined. It, it, it means that, that it was a ruinous lifestyle that he was in. He took the inheritance from his father and he went with prodigal living, ruinous living, riotous living. But what we do is we look at this and we call him that he's a ruined son. No, he's not a ruined son. He was just lost. 
And there's many of you that are here today that you've allowed the labels of the world to be placed on your life. That's your failure, that you're a loser. Maybe it's not prodigal, that you're not going to make it. You don't matter. You're not good enough today. And you've allowed that label to become your identity. And today I want to tell you we're taking off that label. We're taking off that label. I love what we were singing earlier is that, that, that in our failure, we don't have to remain in that when we're in the Father's house. We don't have to accept that our identity is failure. It is not over. It is not done. We say this, and I love it, but if you have breath, you still have purpose. If you're not dead, you're not done. God loves you today. As your heavenly Father, he looks at you today. And he's saying you need to take off the label that the world's been trying to stick on you. And so we find in this story that this son, he just got caught up in a lifestyle of just ruinous living. And the Bible goes on to talk about the fact that he asked for his inheritance and he went to a distant land and he wasted everything. And it says the moment he spent all, there was a famine. Let me tell you, you don't have to wait for the famine of the land to come. The moment you spend all and waste all that you have, you're going to be in want. You're going to be in want. Famine's going to be right there. But the Bible says that there was a famine that came. He began to be in want, and so he joined himself to a citizen of the country. He joined himself to a farmer. He joined himself the Bible goes on to note the fact that when he joined himself, that he began to, to, to put himself in a place of, of a slave's position. He, he began to enslave himself to this farmer in hopes that he could get something from, from, this, from this foreigner that he joined himself to. And this is where I want to draw our focus first this morning. You see, because the moment that he left the presence of the father's house, the moment that he lost the presence of being connected to dad, he found himself joining to whatever was closest to him. And dads, I want to tell you today, when you're not present, our children are going to join themselves to whatever's the closest thing to them. I want to help you with this this morning. I want to give you a life hack right now, okay? Is that provision without presence is only going to create parental problems. Because it's not about what you provide on the table, it's what you also provide around the table. And some of us, we've been so busy talking about what i got to put on the table that we've neglected the needs of our children around the table. And so now they're being left up to the world to be parenting them. And so now it's whatever gets closest to them. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God telling Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they have a little team huddle. And they say, listen, we're going to make man in our image and in our likeness. And we're going to tell them that they can rule over the fish of the sea and over, and over the cattle on the ground. And they're going to have dominionship. And so they said, let's make them in the image and likeness of, uh, uh, of us. They were... Made, we were made in God's image to reflect God, to reflect the Father. And let me tell you, if you ever look into a mirror and you don't know who you are in Christ, you're going to reflect whatever the thing is that's closest to you. You're going to reflect whatever it is that masters your life. Whatever you serve, is that's what becomes the master of your life and that's what you'll reflect. And many of us, we've been so busy in the last couple of years. We've gotten so busy with all these other things because of what's happening in the world that we've left our children to neglect. And so guess who's parenting today? What's parenting our kids today? 
I'll tell you what's not parenting my kids is Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I'm going to go in on this today. Because I'm not going to let the world indoctrinate my children with their worldly thinking. I draw the line in the ground. And I'm going to say, no, I'm sorry. I'm not letting the world parent my kids. Which means I have to be present. There must be a presence. Fathers, we have to be present. See, this is where it got really real in 2020. Was because for four months when we were in quarantine, we didn't have jobs to escape to. We didn't have friends and people to go hang out to escape to. We woke up one morning, looked in the mirror, and we said, oh, no, we've got a problem. Because for so long, we've just made it about putting food on the table. We haven't done anything around the table. And let me tell you something, by the way, is that mental health is real. It's a real issue. It needs to be dealt with. Thank God we've got scripture for that. You say, what is the scripture? Romans 12, uh, uh, 2. Don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. But check this out, in 2020, mental health became the thing, became the trending topic. You know why? Because people woke up, looked in the mirror, and they didn't like what they saw, and now they were stuck in a house for four months and had to deal with it. I'm getting real with this today because our children are the fruit of what we're sowing. They're the product of our presence or lack thereof. And so consequently, when there's not a father present, and we've got the world that's parenting our children, we see more violence. We're seeing, we're seeing, we're seeing more things happening in, in, in our world today. Violent crimes and violent acts. The shootings that are happening in the schools that are disgusting and, and, and should be absolutely intolerable. These things are happening. Why? Because there's no father present in the household. There's not a father in the house to help direct them to correct them, to provide for them, to protect them, because those are the roles of a dad. You're there to protect them. You're there to direct them. You're there to correct them as well as provide for them. The greatest blessing that can be left is not what you provide, but what you can produce. The greatest blessing that can be left on your children's life is not what you're providing for them, but it's what you're producing in them. Are they bearing fruit? Which begs to ask the question, are you bearing good fruit? And so we look in this text here this morning. And we see here's this son and he's joined himself to a foreigner. Someone who has nothing to do with the father's house. And see, the, the, the younger son, he prioritized provision. He prioritized stuff. He was more concerned and consumed with what he had in regards to source rather than the resource. Or excuse me, the resource rather than being connected to the source, which was his father. He just, as long as I have it, I'm going to spend it, I'm going to do it. And then he woke up one day and said, uh-oh, I, 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 what am I going to do? I got nothing. And dare I say, that's, that, that, that's the problem with many of us. And we feel like God's looking at us as if we're guilty and we're, and we're shamed and, 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 and we can't get back to the arms of God. I want to tell you, you got to put that junk down today. God loves you today. God loves you today. Stop joining yourself to other things thinking that that's going to be your breakthrough moment. No, join yourself back to the presence of your heavenly Father today. Get back to the arms of God today. He loves you today. He cares about you today. And this son, he, he, he joins himself. To this foreigner. The foreigner sends him out to the field to feed the pigs. And, and, and what does the Bible say? That he would gladly have filled his stomach 
with what the pigs are eating. See, when you join yourself to the world, you're going to settle for whatever the world has to offer. And instead of us receiving and eating and being nourished with spiritual food, we're rotting ourselves away with whatever the world says is available. I'm sorry, I'm not living off the world system today. <laughs> I, I, I'm not serving the kingdom of this world today. I'm serving the kingdom of the Most High God today. The kingdom of God that says when you can walk and operate and live under this principle, don't worry about inflation prices. I got that under control for you. Because my provision, it comes from my heavenly father. That was crazy. I went the other night and filled up with gas. $118. My goodness. So thank you, Jesus, for giving me <laughs> the ability to be successful and prosperous. But this son, he, 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 he has this moment. Because, see, I want to go to this line. If we could put this on the screen this morning. Man, this is where the Lord just bombed my heart on this, on this passage. It was just like coming so alive as I was reading. Verse 18. He has this moment where the son humbles himself. And he says, man, better, it would be better if I was in my, in my, in my father's house. And it says this, I'll arise, go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And here's where I want you to look. Make me like one of your hired servants. Make me like one of your hired servants. I want to focus on the first word, make. 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 Our Heavenly Father wants to make us fruitful today. Our Heavenly Father wants to make us prosperous today. Our Heavenly Father wants to make you victorious today. Our Heavenly Father wants your households to be made prosperous today and victorious today and blessed today and whole today and healed today. God wants to make you into something great today. He wants to make you into a history maker today. Dads, God wants to make you into a history maker today. You are a history maker today when you're willing to say, yes, I'm going to be present. Yes, I'm going to serve the Lord. Yes, I'm going to be what you have assigned me to be for my children. And the son, though, he comes to this moment, he says, make me, make me, make me. I love this scripture, and it says uh, in Proverbs 22, 6, that we train up our children in the way that they should go. That when they grow older, they won't depart from it. Let me tell you, training them up is that they are synonymous with the word of God. That everywhere that they go, they don't see themselves separated from God's word. And it's not just about how many scriptures necessarily that they're memorizing every day, but it's that they know what God has said through his scriptures. It's they understand the power of his word. Train them up. We need to develop our children we, we, and when, when we're present, dads, it, it is a cause for us to develop our children, to teach our children, to train our children, to transition them through life with his word. I put this down this morning, is that in Genesis 48, verse 3, the Bible talks about a man by the name of Jacob. And Jacob's on his deathbed. 
and he brings all of his sons in and the Bible says that he strengthens himself and he sits up in the bed because he was getting ready to release a generational blessing. But, but in uh, chapter 48, verse 3, as he's getting ready to speak to Joseph and his sons, he says, God Almighty appeared to me in the land of Canaan and blessed me. He said to me, I will make you fruitful. I will make you fruitful. And then he goes on to release this generational blessing over his sons and over his grandsons with the understanding that when God's blessing is upon your life, that you can be made fruitful. So what is God's blessing on your life? The blessing is the fact that he's empowered you for success. When we talked about it in Genesis 1, after God created man and woman, the first thing that he did is he says, I bless you today. Now go be fruitful and multiply. Your blessing is your permission slip to be prosperous. He's saying, I give you permission to go. To go. And so what I want to ask this question today is, fathers, are we preparing the next generation to go? Are we preparing them to go? Are we preparing them to go? Because provision is subject to production. And if we're not teaching them how to be producers, they're not going to have anything. If you don't produce nothing, then you can't give nothing. And I want my children to know what it is how to be productive in their life. Which means I have to be present in their life to show them, to teach them, to train them. He releases this blessing over his sons and says, now you go and be fruitful. Are we developing our children to be fruitful? And so the son, he has this understanding in, in, in the parable we're talking about. And he says, man, if I could just go home and be made like a hired servant. I want you to catch note of this this morning. He says like a hired servant, a servant that's worth his wages. In other words, a servant that is profitable, a servant that is fruitful, not a slave, a servant. He said, if I go home, I want to be made into somebody who could be fruitful because I understand when I'm in the father's house now, he has, this, he has this, this, this understanding, he has this aha moment. Anybody ever have an aha moment? Dads, you ever been trying to assemble and build something without the instruction book? And you're like, why is this not working? We pull out the instruction book. Oh, yeah, and I am an idiot. It goes this way. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Aha moment, that's what the son had. He had this aha moment, aha Better it would be in my father's house than in my father's house I can be made into somebody who is profitable, somebody who is fruitful. And so he has this moment and he says, I'm going to go back to my father. I know i got to ask for forgiveness. i got to humble myself. Did I say there's probably some of us today, and it doesn't matter what age you are, that you've gotten so estranged from your father because you got hard in your heart over a situation. Some of us, we need to go back to our father. Some of us, we need to go back and, 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 and say, Father, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that might be challenging and hard for some that are in here today. But this son, he humbles himself and he says, I cannot let there be anything that's going to keep me from being fruitful, from being blessed from being everything that the Father has called me to be. And so he begins to make his way back to the house. And I want you to see this this morning. It says, and he arose and came to his father, and his father saw him with compassion, ran and fell on his neck, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and no longer worthy to be called your son. 
Make me like a hired servant. Y'all see that in the text? Do you in verse 20? See, the son said that by himself separately, but now he's in the presence of his dad. He's in the presence of daddy. And what does he say? Look at this. I want you to see this right here. He says that he came to his father. His father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell, kissed him, said to him, I've sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Go to the next line, verse 22. But the father said to the servants, son never got out of his mouth to his own dad face to face, make me like a servant. Oh, I want to get you this into your spirit today. God doesn't want to make you into a servant. He wants to make you into a son. He wants to make you into a daughter. He wants to make you into a child of God. The son had an understanding, I need to be fruitful, and that's only going to happen in the presence of the father. But the father was saying, in order to do that, you need to have a servant's heart, but I'm not calling you to be a servant. I'm calling you to be a son. And so he enters into this moment, and the father, oh, I love this right here. The father said to his servants, let me tell you, dads, you need to begin to speak. You need to begin to say a thing. You need to begin to declare a word. This father said to his servants, go bring him the best. Father, you need to start, uh, start speaking out your best over your children. You need to start declaring over your children that my sons and my daughters, they will serve the Lord. I declare that my children will be blessed. I declare that my children, they will serve you all the days of their life. I declare that they're going to walk healthy and wealthy and wise and full of the Holy Spirit. That everywhere that they step foot, not one thing in this earth is going to overtake them. For no weapon formed against my children shall prosper. Come on, I'm speaking life into a dad today. You got to get your voice back for your household. You got to begin to speak with power and authority and begin to say, not in my house. My house, we're serving the Lord. My house, we're more than conquerors. My house, we are called to be prosperous. In my house, we are going to walk before the Lord and we're going to serve him with a servant's heart. But we are children of the Most High God. Dad, you got to put your foot down. Put your foot down for, for like one minute. Click off of Facebook and stop watching news. Like just stop it for a second. Like every time you turn it on, you're going to get more news, more news, more news. Shut that garbage off, open up your Bible, and speak a word over your child. Dads, it's so important. Like this father... It said that he was in position looking. Are we looking out for our children? It said he saw them at a far way off. Are we looking? Are we looking? Last night, my daughter, she was trying to be sly. I caught her. She saw a little table filled with cookies. And I just see these little, like, hands doing this. I was on the lookout because it was late at night. Not late at night. It was, it was past her bedtime. And I didn't want to extend that bedtime because sugar hit that little body. And then all of a sudden, she's like on. <laughs> so I just see these little hands. I say, say it, James. She puts them back and she looks at me. And, she, and I love it. When children know, they walk back. <laughs> My daughter does this, though. She peeps over her shoulder to see. She's slick. Dads, we got to be watching. We got to be watching. 
What's the Bible talk about? Be sober, be vigilant. Right? The enemy is coming like a lion seeking who he may devour. Let me tell you, the enemy wants to try and devour our children. The enemy wants to try and, and, and take hold of our children and take hold of their future and take hold of the blessings that God has for their life, but not on my watch. Not on, not on these dads' eyes' watch. They're like laser locked. Don't touch the cookie. You're going to remember that. Don't touch the cookie. <laughs> you got to teach them. You got to teach them. You got to prepare them. You got to develop them. You got to train them. You got to get them in position so that they know as they grow older, they will not depart from that word. And so I want to close with this this morning. In a moment, we're going to pray for the dads. I just wanted to give you a few insights. Because what I loved about this story is that this dad, he was looking. He was watching. This dad understood something. The father understood how much better it would be if you're in my house. And some of us act like the son and we think it's better for us just to be on our own and do our own thing. And the son has this moment, he realized, man, I need to be back home. I need to be back in the presence of my dad. I need to be before my father. And he comes back home. And it's not that the, understand this, God's never left you. Most of us, we just leave him. And then we get upset at God. Say, God, where are you? And he's like, I've always been here. You just left me. But he's always watching. And he's always looking. And he's always caring. And he's, and, and he's always there saying, I just, I want to make you into someone that's fruitful. I want you to experience the best things that I have. I know if my children, all I ever want to do, I want them to, ex I want them to experience the best things. But sometimes we drift off because we want to do our own thing. What if today we could just get back in the presence of the Father? Say, Lord, for far too long we've tried to do our own thing. We've tried to do our own thing, but today, Lord, we just want to come before you and be in your presence because we need a God thing in our life. We need you, Heavenly Father, in our life. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.